And what's happening, everybody? Welcome on into the Check Your Brain podcast, wherever you get your podcast, the Spotify, which is finally back to normal and it's going out and uh, Apple podcasts and everywhere else. I think I may or may not be on iHeart, but we'll see. But usually all the major podcast platforms, this podcast is the Check Your Brain podcast, as well as YouTube, Rumble. I think I'm going to start putting stuff on Odyssey and a Patreon. If you enjoy this podcast and more of me, go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazer for three bucks, just three. There's other tiers, but for three bucks a month, you get a bunch of podcasts a month, about 25. Po- is that too much? I don't know. You get your money's worth. I'll tell you that here on my podcast. That is my logo if you're watching on the YouTube page. Also, the YouTube page, I'm going to be playing this band's music on the audio version, but because YouTube has their, uh, they get a little finicky when it comes to playing music. So uh, I'll play a little bit of that in the post-production for the audio only on the podcast platforms, uh, just not on YouTube. So on YouTube, I'll just link to it and we'll play some other stuff Uh more uh, video-exclusive stuff on this podcast. If I didn't introduce myself, my name is Tony Mazer, and I have Tracy and Bridget here. They are with a uh, a band that, uh, it's, a, it's a cover band, but you guys also have some original uh, feeling uh, with what you guys put out, which is called Three-Legged Circus. And uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast, folks. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk. We'll talk about the introduce yourselves. Talk about the band and uh, some of the side stuff that that you guys also have going on. Okay, so I'm Bridget. Um, so I help out Three Legged Circus. Tracy is the um, he's the lead singer. I don't do anything with the music, but what I do is she dances. I, I do dance. I do dance. I can't sing, but I can definitely dance. You're the um, hype so woman. I, I am actually, I call myself the hype clown oh. um, because I, I dress as a clown for all of their shows and I go around and hype everybody up and get, get, them, on get, the, money. get them on the dance floor <laughs> and get people involved. And it's, it's a completely different look. Um, people love it. Um, there's been times where I was like, oh, I'm not going to dress up, but um, the places, venues that book um, Tracy and the band, they they ask for me to dress up. So, um, so that's kind of become a thing. And go ahead, you want to talk about your music? Sure. Um, the other thing is kind of cool too, where we've been playing. Uh, there's one bar in particular, Rawhides in Nashville, which we're going to be plugging. Uh, we're going to be playing on uh, November 25th. Uh, they actually started dressing up, mm-hmm. so I got a whole audience of clowns. <laughs> I, I like that. I mean, it's it's a little different from the insane clown posse clowns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Assume. Yeah. So, uh, but what, what's interesting, I, I've always found this fascinating about how clowns and the, uh, uh, so I'm recording out of Cleveland, and just last week they had the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, world famous, whatever they called the whole thing. And the circus and clowns were always a, a, fixture, a fixture of our society up until what, it? Up until what? And then all of a sudden, clowns are now creepy. Clowns are now, we don't want to be around clowns. Kids are scared of clowns. Like, it, it basically took, like, one movie and one book to completely change how we view clowns. Thank you, Emmett Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, oh, it's funny. I um, So, clowns is my thing. I have several different clowns that I dress up as. Um, I just finished a, a little short. Um, I also have a podcast my co-host of my podcast and my podcast is hardcore horror with Mike and Bridget. Um, but he's a retired movie director and, um, we went to creepy con together last year and there's a lot of, there's a lot of clowns there. It's, it's all about their local clowns. And he kind of saw 
me interacting. I wasn't dressed up or anything, but I was helping him with his booth last year. And he was like, wow, you really like clowns, don't you? And I was like, oh, yes, I do. So um, he come up with a little story and we just finished up um, a script, um, gosh, maybe three months ago. And we, it's just a little short. And that's my character is a killer clown. And I had brought some of the props um, to the film set. And some of them were some toys that I've had since I was like five years old and they're all clowns. So I've always, always, always loved clowns. Um, I know he's, we're in my, we're in my office. I have clowns everywhere. This is baby, this is baby Bobo. He he came from Georgia, right? Columbus, Georgia. Georgia. Where we met. Yeah. Where we met Stephen at. Yeah, we were at Stephen and (laughs) I, I had to, he goes, you left the booth for like five minutes and come back with a baby. (laughs) <laughs> had to have you know but yeah cl- clowns you're right clowns be- really become popular for a lot of people um a few years ago remember when they all the how all the things were people were dressing up like clowns and creeping everybody out and that was a big thing maybe around like 2018 something like that but no for me it's going her, her, her my entire life i'm <laughs> like oh but y'all are finally just catching up to me and realizing like clowns are like you know awesome so you're the clown hipster. I'm a clown hipster. <laughs> That's right. Let, well, let's talk about the music though, because you guys do a lot of uh, uh, the the '80s metal covers, right? Yeah. So, uh, I, being so, I'm born in the '80s, but I wasn't raised in it, and it took me a little bit to kind of really appreciate the '80s metal feel. And it, it I would have to say, it was around like 2005 that that 80s resurgence really started coming back. I'm, I'm always fascinated how these trends keep coming. Like now is big 90s and I'm seeing even kids like, oh, you remember, remember 2000? We're going to do a 2000s party. I'm like, okay, I mean, sure, I lived that. It wasn't that great, but okay. Um, <laughs> but 80s made this comeback by the 2000s, by like the mid-aughts until 2010. And then it just seemed like every neighborhood bar had some band who's going to play Jesse's Girl, who's going to play... Uh, the uh, the outfield, uh, your love, and basically any 80s, uh, any Bon Jovi. So, like, what was it about the 80s that really just was it just because we were kind of looking at how things were going in the 2000s with the financial crisis and everything and post 9 11? You're like, man, things were just better back then. Maybe we should just start playing some of that music. Cause I remember by the 90s, if you still had the 80s metal hair and you were doing your hair, everyone's like, dude, we're listening to grunge now. We got Nirvana playing right now. We, we don't need to do your hair. You don't need to do makeup. Spandex, what's going on here? So uh, t- <laughs> talk about how that 80s resurgence and how you were able to capitalize on it. Well, first of all, excuse me, I love the 80s. I am a child of the 80s. I was born in 1969, so I'm 54 years old. Uh, but I got into uh, music at a young age. I was four years old. My dad used to had me get up and sing at, at church. And then he would have me go with a pastor on Sundays to uh, the radio station. So I would sing on at four years old at the radio station. Uh, then I became uh, a teenager, a little rowdy, ambitious, well, ambitious teenager mm-hmm. and uh, discovered girls. And Ooh. so that's why I got into changing from doing what I was doing to the, the music. I, Cause the girls were prettier, and if you were in a band, you got pretty girls. So, 
<laughs> I kind of got into the girls. And so I got into the, doing the music and turned out I couldn't play anything very well. I've got what, three or four guitars around here in the house now, and I can't play it for anything, but I can sing. Okay. I guess you could say, but so when the eighties uh, started making its comeback, it was awesome. Um, I guess was what was 40 but yeah about when i was 40 i started going through the uh the midlife crisis uh i grew my hair back out uh i only had one tattoo only one i have 53 tattoos now and <laughs> the majority of them i got them from age 40 until until now uh but once the music started coming back out oh man it was just it was awesome for me. Like when Miley Crew and Def Leppard and Poison got together to do the big stadium tour, everybody was all excited. And then the scandemic happened and everybody's like, oh man, they put, they put it off. They put it off. They put it off. And then three years later, boom, you finally get it. You get the show. Uh, and so just to see everybody there at those shows, just reliving back in the way life was back in the day, you know, what political back then was a Gorbachev. Everybody was worried about Gorbachev back then. I guess. Reagan then, versus Tip O'Neill. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Can't forget old Tipper. <laughs> but it, it, what, what, what was funny was uh, when I saw, I remember I, uh, gosh, what year is 2008. And I saw Poison, Dokken, and oh, wow. not Skid Row, but Sebastian Bach live. And I started looking around at the crowd and so 2008, so I'm 20 at the time. And you're seeing people that would be probably in their 40s and they dressed up like they they put the chaps back on. They put the the vests, they put the uh, they they had uh, the jeans with the holes torn in them. It was and everyone was kind of starting to relive those days. And at 20, I'm like, I don't get it. I mean, that's the 80s. And then I realized now we're 15 years later and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to go back to my the time when I was raised and there was just something about it. And then with me, with the music, it took me a little while to really appreciate, especially eighties metal. Cause it, it all seemed very monolithic when I was growing up that rat Cinderella, these bands are just like, ah, they're a carbon copy autograph. And then you start listening to them like, wait a second. That's a really good CC DeVille. That's some good guitar work there. That's intricate. Listen to uh, the key changes and you go, this is actually pretty good. This is, and then I started getting really into them. I was getting into Megadeth and Peace Cells, and uh, I really got to appreciate it a lot more. And I think a lot younger generations are doing that, especially when some of this music is ending up on TikTok too. True, true, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's funny. So, um, I when I was in high school, um, it was the '90s, right? So I'm a '90s girl, but. If you think about it, and you mentioned it earlier, that in the 90s, when you think about rock, it's more more grunge. It's mm -hmm. like it changed so completely. But I've always loved, I've always loved 80s rock music, always. And it's funny when we go out places and we're like, hey, do you like 80s, you know, rock? And they're like, hell yeah, everybody everyone seems to love it. So he gets a, a good, um, a very diverse crowd. Um, always um, different ages um, of all different kinds, um, people from everywhere come to see him. So it's not really geared towards any specific audience. I don't think, I think it's a pretty diverse show. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that was the thing about the music, how things change so quickly. And I, I just did a podcast on this talking about, so last week I saw Christopher Cross 
And, you know, he had sailing. He had some pretty big songs. He had the Arthur's theme. It won an Oscar. He won a bunch of Grammys. And then MTV comes around. He's done. His career is just basically he's living off of right now songs he put out 42, 43 years ago. Um, and just because how MTV, it just changed that quickly. And it seemed like that 80s metal feeling had the same thing. It was you were getting poison. You were getting warrant. As soon as Uncle Tom's Cabin and Cherry Pie comes out and Janie Lane, who I, I met before he passed away because uh, he's from my neck of the woods. Love Janie. And and it just seemed like you have, you have Bobby Brown in that video and the Cherry Pie falling in her lap and everything. And then <laughs> as soon as you heard I'm going hungry, going hungry. And then you hear that opening riff to Smells Like Teen Spirit. It just seemed like everything just changed. Was Is that what, what your experience, which you saw too? I hated Nirvana, first of all. <laughs> hated Nirvana because when Teen Spirit came out and stuff like that, I saw what was happening. I saw that the 80s music was, was going away. And that's what what I basically, you know, chip my teeth to. I love the 80s music. So when that started coming out, I didn't like it. And then Soundgarden. And in fact, I actually saw Soundgarden open up for Skid Row, Slave to the Grind Tour. Really? And, uh, so that was about what, 80, 88? Oh, no. It was more like, oh, gosh. I'm going to say 90, 91. Oh, okay. So it was around Batter Motor Finger then. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was exactly then. And so I was, uh, I, I saw the writing on the wall as far as with the music, and I was not happy with it. Uh, but then later on, like, I appreciate more of it now. Like, for example, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell is an amazing singer. God rest his soul. Um, you know, those guys were really good. And then you're going to laugh when I say this. I like Creed. She hates because I'm like, young Creed. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the band. <laughs> every, every 90s song, I was like, you sound like Creed. He's like, well, they all kind of sounded like that back it in really the day. Really it really did. It cracks me up. It really did. It could be uh, Days of the New, Creed, Pearl Jam. They all had uh, Seven Mary Three. They all had kind of that right here. Yeah, that's what exactly what it sounds like. So, so in the from the seventies, those seventies acts like uh, like the Eagles or Heart or Kiss or ZZ Top, they had to adjust by the eighties, and some bands didn't didn't make it. You had kind of more of your like softer rock bands didn't really kind of adjust, and they kind of fell by the wayside. Others, you had the Eagles that broke up, and Glenn Frey and Don Henley had a pretty good solo careers. Then you had Heart, who really kind of continued what they did in the seventies from Dreamboat Annie and Barracuda and continued it with, uh, what about love and dreams and, and um, it Fleetwood Mac did a pretty good job, but a lot of bands weren't able to make that transition, but sure. even bigger was those eighties acts that didn't transition to the nineties other than guns and roses was able to do it. Uh, Pantera. I think we talked about it on the phone about Dimebag. Pantera was an eighties metal band with, uh, oh, they were in the uh, the spandex and the hair, and they decided one day, what are we doing? Why don't we just play music? Why don't we just scream into the microphone, just have it just be raw and just be drunk the whole time? And then it, it worked, and they made their transition. But, man, a lot of those bands did not make it too far. Out of the... They eventually had a nice comeback by the 2000s, but a lot of them kind of fell by the wayside. 
Still, Still Panther. Panther. That's exactly who I was thinking about. Still yep. Panther. Yeah. yeah. It's a good example. Yeah. Still Panther's great. Yeah, I love Still Panther. We just we saw them in concert this year at the beginning of the year, March. I think. It's February. Yeah. 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 They're they're pretty they're pretty wild. They're funny. Yeah. What's what what is your opinion on the direction of of rock music, both of you? Because uh, all three of us are rock people. We all grew up with it. We all love it. I still listen to it all the time. But you know, it, with the way how rock radio has changed over time, that you really don't hear a lot of any. Certainly, you won't hear metal on any station, much less uh, satellite radio. Um, that rock has now become this homogenous anything from about. Credence Clearwater Revival to the Black Keys, and it's just it's a rock station. It's not. Then you have some alternative stations, but there aren't the genres. There's not the '80s station, the '70s station. It's just all, just it seems like a diarrhea of, of, of <laughs> rock music. That's like, oh, we'll we'll make a big transition from uh from Stairway to Heaven to Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue. Like what? Sure, why not? So. Do you think that there is a little bit of hope? I know Gene Simmons has said that uh, rock is dead and others that if Maroon 5 is considered a rock band, if Imagine Dragons are rock bands, like, what do you guys think of it? I think they're pop bands. A lot of them are kind of has the more pop. Um, I even think about that with um, country music. Yeah, yeah, country's country music, good. you're like, that's not country. Well, it's, it's a me, rock it's song. Not. Yeah, it's it's crazy how they're all just kind of just getting mixed all up, and um, yeah, and you're you're right. If you turn on a rock station, it, you could get it, there's just anything really. It's all over I mean, the place. It is. It's all over the place. And movies are kind of the same way. Because as soon as you said that, I started thinking about movies. Um, because you know I do a, a horror podcast. We talk a lot about horror movies and. Our movies is the same same way. You have different genres, but inside those genres, you have your subgenres too. So it's just oversaturated with so many horror movies and music's kind of the same way. But yeah, I I feel like rock music is getting like there's a lot of it that I don't even wouldn't even consider rock. It's more definitely pop. Well, but, you may, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say because you're, you you guys are in Nashville, and a lot of these rock acts decided instead of going to Hollywood or going to New York, they went to Nashville, and they're kind of around these. So, like I hear Brantley Gilbert, for example, who's a country act, but you go, oh, you see the tattoos, and you're like, if this were 20 years ago, you'd be playing rock music. But Black he plays Stone... with Five Finger Death Punch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Blackstone <laughs> Cherry is another example. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wild could be doing country if he could, if he wanted to. Uh, so there, there is like that alternative uh, outlaw, I should say. It's more like an outlaw country that, again, if it were 25, 30 years ago, probably would be rock music. You know, there's actually a tribute to Motley Crue that's a country country album. It's really? Motley Crue's. It's Motley Crue's songs, but it's country artists doing it. Interesting. I have to check that out. I I know I know about Max Sabbath, which is oh, the Black yeah. Sabbath cover where they sing about McDonald's songs. <laughs> what about yeah. what about Dolly Parton? She just did an entire rock album. Yeah. With you, we went through the list like with some really well, big Nikki names. Six, um, yeah, big name rock name. stars. Dolly Parton. So I th I do think that is I do think that is. Judas cool. Grace. I mean, she did a duet with him. Yeah. yeah. With Rob Halford. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like it, and especially going to a rock show. I've been to several country shows. My wife is a big country fan and the the party's fun. I'll, I'll admit that you go tailgate in the parking lot, pounding beers and stuff. And it's just when I hear the music, I hear the banjo and I appreciate them. I love the music. I love all I, I'll go to any concert, it, 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 even you know, even bands that I've seen that I probably would have said, eh, I probably could have seen them for free. It's okay. But uh, there's a lot of bands out there that I will still go see, especially country. And I appreciate the slide guitar. I appreciate the banjo. I appreciate a lot of this, but man, it's just, there's nothing that compares to being at a rock show, especially a metal show where you hear double bass pedals, you hear okay. drop D chords, you hear all that. Like I, I saw Mudvayne over the summer and it just, I'm like, there's nothing that compares to going to see Chad Gray up on stage, just belting out dig or something. You know, you start hearing a banjo play and you better run. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Depends no, depends where you're located, especially when it comes to yeah deliverance. By the way, speaking of, I'll ha I'll, I'll put this on the the screen here because you did mention the podcast here. Here's the uh, here's your podcast, Hardcore Horror, with Mike and Bridget. Blue here. hair right there. Took out yep. the blue hair. Yep, blue hair. Don't care. <laughs> that was my midlife crisis. <laughs> That's my blue hair. No, I I loved it. I loved it. That was fun. Always so change up my look. So, so this podcast, you talk about horror movies, is it, or is, so what would you say is probably some of the peak years of, of horror? Are you going back to the universal days? Or are you going back to the, to the camp days of the seventies and the eighties? What about nowadays where um, the technology's there and the, you know, CGI makes it look very realistic. Like what, what are your opinions on the state of the, the horror movies today? Well, we, we talk about that on the podcast a lot we talk about anything and everything from old school to mainstream to micro super low budget films um yeah it, yeah lot, lots of we talk with a lot of local um directors actors but we also do some some bigger names too it's called um we come up with the name hardcore hard because we um, both my co-hosts and I were into extreme horror movies. Um, it's not for everyone. Um, Tracy doesn't even watch a lot of extreme, but it's not the only thing that we talk about. We talk about pretty much pretty much everything. Um, how we like you know special effects versus CGI, and you know do you prefer it, different movie? Different movies work different ways. You so we'll 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 have like a list of movies that we watch for the week and we'll talk about each one specifically um we always have a guest on there um either an actor director um anyone that's in, involved in the making of horror films and not okay. just films um i've even had um and a couple of different um horror writers authors on there so it's not just movies just really anything horror related honestly um we just we love it we absolutely love it the you know when I, I go back to the universal days and there's something about them they they still live on they still live on they still i mean you're talking about movies now that are 80 something years old you can watch and still appreciate because of the storyline because of obviously how primitive the special effects quote unquote are or as you know butthead these special effects aren't very special <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you can at least go wow you appreciate you appreciate lon cheney you appreciate 
uh, uh, some of these uh, Boris Karloff and some of these actors and what they were able to do. And yeah, sure, many of them got typecast, but boy, they had a nice run in those days. Yeah, oh, even yeah. with Abbott and Costello. Yeah, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is one of the great movies. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, I and it's it. funny. It's funny. It's it's a good comedy horror. Yeah, yeah. But we we talk about those with black, any any kind of anything horror related. And like I said, there's so many different genres of horror. And then you got your subgenres um, within all the different genres. And we've talked about this several times on the podcast. You know, we always have a list of movies. And sometimes I'll go through my list and I'm like, damn, I just watched this like a week ago, but I don't even remember what the damn movie was about. Or I'll be like, have I seen this movie? So I ended up keeping a list because it's um, horror films are so, it's so oversaturated so oversaturated it's almost impossible to watch all of them and you have to go through the stinkers to get to the good ones too so <laughs> now now is that because of cable tv you know you have the 31 days of halloween now that they're stretching it's kind of like the it's the christmas movie it's, it's like what they've done with hallmark is oh we need to let's see we're gonna have uh lacy chaubert is with chad michael murray and uh she's going back to her hometown and this and that and they're just taking the same concept just over and over again you say it's oversaturated is it because of is, is it like people are really into the spooky season nowadays that they're really gearing up for it? Uh, uh, like how, I guess how so over, when I, when I say oversaturated, because is that because of the, the franchises that they keep putting out movies, the Friday, the 13th nightmare before Elm street, all these other, uh, uh, the, the saw movies seem like there was a saw movie every year for a little bit. Um, you know, is, is started that, is it, what's that? That they just started back up. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. of course yeah. they did. They're always doing remakes. Always doing remakes. No, I say oh, we we say oversaturated because a lot of the the films that you just named are your mainstream Hollywood. A lot of the big franchises. So if you're a real true um, horror movie fan, you, any horror fan would know that when you go to stream something, I mean, there are things out there that the average person would have no idea. There's a, you can go on Netflix and Netflix has its own code. If you search that code, it's just horror movies. And we're talking probably what, how many, about 2,000? Just 2,000 movies alone on Netflix. 2,000 for yeah. horror movies. So, for horror I mean, movies, like, yes. Is, is this what happened? You talk about oversaturated. Like when somebody met, when they put out a thing on Netflix and they say, hey, we have a new Stranger Things season comes out, everyone's like, time for Stranger Things doing nothing. I'm shutting my phone off. I'm going to watch straight. So now people will watch an entire season in a weekend. I'm like, that's not what we're supposed to do. Like I think internally as human beings. So is that what people are doing with these horror movies that they go, okay, there's 2000 of them to go through. Let's get started. And they just make yes. a weekend out of it. It's crazy. Well, that's what Mike and I talk about that. There's just, it's not possible to watch um every horror movie and we have a game that we play on the podcast um every podcast um we play um movie quotes it's a little game that we'll play michael rattle off some horror movie quotes and myself and whoever the guest is will try to you know guess what movie it's from and that because and we started doing that because quotes of always horror movie quote or quote actually movie quotes in general always been my thing it's fun i'm constantly going around you know like he was doing earlier when he was talking about the banjo but but it's it's harder than what you think it would be 
it's so much harder because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen this movie like a couple of times, but I don't really, I don't remember that quote specifically, but yeah, it's that there is, it's not even possible for one person to watch every horror movie out there. And, the, and I said 2000 on Netflix, Tubi is probably my favorite place to stream horror movies. We have a movie on Tubi, by the way. Yeah, our movie's on mm-hmm. Tubi. Oh, um, yeah, we were on. Um, What's it called? It's called Deadlines. Plural. Plural, yes, yes. Got to <laughs> put the S at the end it. of it. Yeah, Deadlines. It's on Tubi. Um, that is, <laughs> that's true. I love this. I'm partial. That was my first feature film. And Tracy is the lead. And they based that movie off of his character, Sebastian Michaels. That's his vampire character. And the director. Um, My alter ego. It is his alter ego. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, also, no, I'm surprised you're not Gemini. I'm sure mm-hmm. it is your alter ego. Um, yeah. Deadlines on TV. There it is. Yes. There it is. There it is. That's great. Now, I- I'll have to definitely check this out here. It'll be, uh, I don't know if I could play it for the YouTube thing, but uh, there's the page if anyone wants to go check it out if you're watching the uh, the video here. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely have to check that out. Um, now, that's great. Yeah, because that's the thing about the, well, I, I mentioned about the quality when it comes to movies now is uh, I, I've heard this about Kevin Smith movies, so the Clerks movies and Mallrats. And there was a, somebody had mentioned this, and it's a great point. Kevin Smith's movie Clerks, 1994, was filmed in the Quick Stop in Leonardo, New Jersey. Basically, the whole movie was filmed in there. Very low budget. It's in black and white. Then it gets so popular, his budget increases. But in a lot of people's minds, the quality of the the film, the writing and everything decreased. Do you kind of feel that way when it comes to these franchise movies where as the technology improves the CGI that it looks so realistic of someone getting decapitated or, uh, you know, uh, there was a, like a post goes through their chest, but it seems like the, there's really no writing. It, it may as well have AI come up with it. Are, are you of this belief too? Yes. A hundred percent. So like I said, I'm a huge, um, a huge clown fan. I watch all, I, all the horror killer clown movies. Um, it chapter two, um, the first when the first time I saw that, I saw it in the theater, and you know the budget was millions of dollars, but they put so much into it. There was so much CGI that it almost kind of looked cartoonish to me. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, the, it, it, yeah, it's it really did. I was like, oh my gosh, I could have took that same movie without the millions of dollars and made it look just as good and maybe even more realistic. But it did. It sometimes if you go over too much, with, and that's just my personal opinion, but the, if it's too much CGI, it does get that kind of cartoonish look. And don't get me wrong, I'll. The movie, the movie was good. I'm just a, I'm just a Pennywise fan. So I didn't like it. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people didn't. It's not for everyone, but you know, I do, I do think that it's. I don't judge movies based off of their their budget. Um, I've got some movie posters back here in the background. One of them is a micro budget um, chicken's blood. It was filmed locally. I think they even did some guerrilla filming, but the movie itself is great. I mean, when I say micro budget. I'm just talking just a few thousand dollars and it ended up turning out really, really well. Oh, oh he's going to show you the poster deadlines. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's cleavage? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was supposed to be her, but it's actually my boss, Stacy Dixon at mm-hmm. Slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. 
the, okay. she she kind of did a photo shoot for it and the director told everyone it was me I was like my boobs aren't that big and he was like oh uh -huh. he said oh honey just a push-up bra and some good camera angles nobody will know the difference so, <laughs> you yeah, don't deny it well Tracy what's what's your uh if you're not the biggest horror fan what's your favorite genre of movies then oh gosh uh what I like to call my thing is psychosexual thriller killer movies. So, like, okay. for example, Seven would be one. Okay. Um, you know, things like that. I like those kind of movies. I like ones that make you think. And, you know, and I like scary movies. Don't get me wrong. She likes really extreme. I watch shit that'll stuff. fuck most people up. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. And so I, I like movies that make you think as far as with a horror movie if it's if it's campy that's kind of cool too but if it's just a stab and stab and stab and stab and stab and mutilate 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 why if it doesn't yeah. have a story to it it's not for me yeah that's well and that's what a lot of them i, I remembered seeing um was it my bloody valentine in 3d so it's just basically it was stabbing and boobs was the whole movie oh, so that, <laughs> was the, that was the remake then and the, re the, the one that came out yeah it was like uh 2009 i believe and it was like yeah but it, it was again looked great as far as the cgi but boy that was not <laughs> left a lot to be desired as far as plot and at least staying true to it uh i i, I introduced my wife a couple of uh, years ago to uh to american psycho okay. and she uh boy that is one movie i can't even bring up in front of her she hates it she's like there's no ending to it she's <laughs> like there's no resolution he's not arrested and i'm like of course because it's a psychological thriller. Are you yep. is Patrick Bateman is did he really murder all those people? Did he all, go on this rampage? Did he really murder that homeless guy? Or was it in his mind? The fact that he's confessing all this stuff and his attorney is like, "Oh, that was so funny. You left that on your answering machine." And he gets away with it. And I said, "That's the twist. That's the you know, forget M Night Shyamalan. That's the twist. That's the Brett Easton Ellis twist there." And she's like, "No, there has to be resolution." Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say this because we um our last podcast that we had same exact conversation and i think i brought it up because a, a lot of people ask me knowing that i'm a, a huge horror movie fan they'll say so well does it have a good ending and i'm like well i guess it depends on like what you consider a good ending and, and i get the same thing same response every time well does the good guys get away does the bad guys do they catch the bad guys or the bad guys die? i was like that doesn't to me. That doesn't necessarily make the ending or not. That's not what what I decided. And so I guess you know personal preference. But I'm like you. I did like um, American Psycho. Uh, my all time favorite horror movie um, is called Martyrs. Um, okay. It's a it's a extreme. It it is it is considered extreme. But even for even for extreme, Tracy, I had him watch it once and he did like it. And I don't like subtitles. Yes, yeah, gotta read the subtitles, but you know what? It's another conversation I love to have is that for a lot of your um, horror movies are the great ones are foreign films, so you do have to, you extreme know, extreme ones, yeah. not great ones, extreme ones. Not, not well, yes, <laughs> that's that's true. But is this the one? Two thousand eight? Uh, no, no, wait, no, wait, no. I that's uh, Dakota uh, Johnson. Uh, now yeah, I think the funny. original was 2008. So they did a, they did an American remake of it, and I was so pissed 
off. I was so upset when they did the remake. I didn't even watch all of it because they they ruined it. Um, I believe the original is two thousand eight. Um, really? Did, yeah. Did you put? Did you pull it up? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's two thousand eight, right there. I guess. Yeah. And I, I mean, is this a foreign thing? I, I don't recognize any of these names. <laughs> See, that's it. Yep, that's definitely it. It's 2008. I think they remade it somewhere like maybe around 2016, 17, something like that. But yes, that is 100% it. It's a, it's a yeah, really 2015. great movie. Oh, 2015. Okay. 2015. Well, yeah. I was close. But yeah, American remake, I wouldn't recommend it. Um it, it's worth watching the subtitles. It is very extreme. And it's great because it's almost like two stories and the, they do a really great job of like intertwining those two stories together uh, to make one full feature film. It, it's it's really great. The acting is amazing. The cinematography, the um, the writing, everything. I absolutely love that movie. Now, you can hear all that and more on the uh, Hardcore Horror Podcast with Mike and Bridget there. Go check it out. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Of course, after you listen to this podcast that you're, <laughs> yeah. you're checking out for, for folks at home. And uh, and Tracy, of course, we have uh, Three-Legged Circus. Now, um, you, you say you have uh, some gigs in November, I believe? We have one here in Nashville at uh, Rawhides. It's... Uh... Right after Thanksgiving on Saturday, um, the 25th, I believe, of November. And the closest one we have coming up is in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, it's going to be a wild show. It's a, it's a Halloween show. When is that one? On the 21st? Yeah, it's October, October 21st at 8 p.m. Um, this is in Huntsville, Alabama. It's Terror Under the Big Top. And they're um, three-legged circuses, the headliners, and this one's gonna be really cool because they've hired the the venue. They've hired like these professional clowns, like burlesque clowns, and yeah, this is gonna be a clown um, burlesque show. And yeah, I'm like, ooh, burlesque. I might have some competition okay. a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited about it. and like a clown that walks on glass and one that swallows fire and does all kinds of um. It's a freak really show. Cool it sounds like the Jim Rose Circus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a nice freak yeah. show. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. No, I'm looking forward to yeah. So if your folks are listening outside of uh, well, my neck of the woods here, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to go. I'd love to go see you guys, whether it's in Nashville or something, and uh, check out the show. Like what? Uh, what music? Like I don't want to give away a set list, but uh, if you're gonna go, and you know, obviously, if it's the October 21st, you got to go dress up and uh, you know, uh, get ready for Halloween. But uh, what? What kind of artists or what kind of or would we expect to to hear in that? Where we could all we could all enjoy the sights and everything, but then also uh, jam to some of the music. You're gonna hear uh, songs by Motley Crue. You're gonna hear songs by Dokken. You're gonna hear songs by Twisted Sister, Kiss, Van Halen, uh, Rat, Cinderella. Jeez, uh, it's yeah, you know, it's just right down the spectrum. Yeah. I, Van Halen, I, I do it all basically. Do you do v Van Hagar too? No, heck no. I'm going to pass <laughs> on that one. Now, I will say, now here's the other thing. I'm more of a Van Hagar fan than a Van Halen fan. Really? Okay, I explain like that, because that, that's a controversial opinion. It's very controversial. Uh, Sammy Hagar can still sing. Uh, True. David, not so much anymore. No. Uh, but... I, did like Mon I did like Montrose, so I I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Montrose back before a long time ago. David, he like he but he could put on a really good show 
No, he's a showman. Um, he's not a he singer. Was a showman. He's a showman. And this guy over here, let me tell you, he gets on stage and he be doing those David Lee Roth kicks and jumping around. Oh, the high kick? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just And the next morning, I'm laying in the bed like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's not days anymore. Back hurts. I can't move. (laughs) Tracy and the band, they put on a, a really, really great show. Um, it's, I think it's, it's one thing to, you know, sit, you know, sit up on a stage. Like I said, Aaron Lewis is the only person in my personal opinion that can get away with just sitting up there with the guitar singing. Um, I think it's all about, if you're going to see someone live, it's all about the performance in the show. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, like I was watching some of the videos that you folks have and, uh, it's, I mean, I, I'd love to go check this out and just, especially just for the music. Yeah. I got got a little video here in the background. I'm not going to play the, uh, the the audio, but maybe I will in post production. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I I enjoy some of the music and I enjoy a lot of this. Uh, although it, it it is funny just hearing you say that you're you were into more Van Hagar stuff because uh, I I like Sammy. Um, I understand why they went with Sammy, but. Uh, there, some of it was just it, it just didn't seem like the same band and i and i know a lot of people kind of felt that way when it came to the direction of the band anyways uh, from 1984 but uh i and my other my other van halen controversial opinion the best singer in that band was gary sharon he's a good singer very good he's singer. a great singer but i'm like as far as like vocal talent and everything not not so much showmanship but vocal talent i thought gary sharon was fantastic it's just that album was very lacking, and you could tell that you could tell that Alex and you could tell that uh, Eddie were not really give in my opinion, giving it their all. I agree. I agree. That's an old video there. That's like three legged circus back in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> was this yeah. before the more of the theatrics then? Yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's the bras hanging from. I know I can see the bras hanging up on the stage. That's all I can tell. I was like, oh, that's at uh, Bowie's, Bowie's in Third Avenue, downtown Nashville, hanging tow by the venue. I gotta go back to Nashville. It's been a while since I was up at a lot of those places. We we enjoy going to Roberts and. Uh, I I liked going to Tootsie's uh, as opposed to Roberts, even though uh, Tootsie's um, the same beer that I got at Roberts for two dollars was nine dollars at the bar next door. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Nashville, it's always been a, a touristy area, but not like it is now. No. It's like it's the bachelor bachelorette capital of the world right now. They all descend like Thursday Vegas comes, East. It's yeah, exactly. Thursday comes and they all just descend in Nashville and they're there until Sunday and they make a mess and it, it it's bad. It's really bad. We, yeah. I, I went there. My, my uh, I had family that lived in Nashville back in the early nineties. So you're talking about the hat act country acts and stuff. And I just remember going to Nashville and it was just like, it was very dusty. There wasn't much going on. It kind of was, I don't want to say it fell by the wayside, but it wasn't the Broadway that it is. And especially since 2000, and I just remember it being like very hot and muggy and going down there and there wasn't much to do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to Nashville for our bachelorette party. Nashville, really? And then it just took off. And then I took the, my wife there about almost two years ago. And she's like, uh, when are we coming back? Uh, <laughs> well, we got to go to other I, places besides that one strip, though. We're, we're both Nashville natives. So 
we hate the way Nashville has changed. It's become very metropolitan. Very and much so. We're both kind of old school Nashville, you know, um, and we just went to all these people. So there's so many people moving from, they call us unicorns. If you're, if you're a Nashville native, that's what they call us as unicorns. Um, and because there's so many people that move here and we're all like, go the fuck back home. I think a lot of it had to do with, uh, I used to be a background actor on a TV show called Nashville that was filmed here for six years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I started noticing a lot of people started coming to Nashville just because of the TV show. They wanted to see where, okay, well, this is where Raina's house is and Deacon plays here. And uh, it, it was, it was definitely, I think Nashville had a lot to do with, with uh, the way Nashville has blown up, the way it has possibly because when did when did Nashville start? When when did that come out? Two thousand eight. That's a guess. Did you watch the show Nashville? I didn't. No, I just, I just remember it was on. You're a reason I'm unemployed. It didn't look like anything I would be interested in, and and but I've heard it's really really good, and you know I'll tell people that he was in Nashville, and they're like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing. You know, and I'm like, I, I was, yeah, that was what you call. That was what you call a uh, featured extra, is what you would say. So basically, one of the main characters, uh, Deacon Claiborne, uh, I was in his band, the Rebel Kings. So he goes from playing country music to joining the biggest band in the world at the time was called the Rebel Kings, and I was in the in the Rebel Kings. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, and then now look at Nashville right now. Now you have a Bucky's and a Whataburger. What's going on here? Bucky's is getting close to where we are. Yeah. That's one thing, man. I, I actually posted something on Facebook the other day. I'm like, I just saved $65 today because I didn't stop at Bucky's. <laughs> Get those yeah. beaver nuggets. Yeah. Hey, those beaver are good. Nuggets. Beaver nuggets and the brisket. <laughs> No, I got, I got to, I got to make another Turkey. trip. I got, Turkey. I got to take the Mrs. to Rocky Top. She's never been to Knoxville, and she's got to make another no trip balls. to Nashville. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I, I love uh, Knoxville's are kind of a cool town, and uh, I've, I've been down to the Neyland Stadium. It's a lot of fun, and, uh, but yeah, I got, I got to make a trip. It's only, it's only got maybe about seven plus hours away from me, so that's not a bad drive for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, what's that? So you're in Cleveland. Yep, yeah, I'm in Cleveland. Yes. Yeah, you guys kicked our butts a few weeks ago, Titans. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is not really the uh, the answer at quarterback anymore. That uh, they need they need to figure something out, and uh, otherwise, I mean, Mike Vrabel, he... who's an Ohio guy, who's actually from not far from here, he is, is. Uh, might be on the hot seat. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, I think Ryan, I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, I think he'd get it done if he quit throwing interceptions. But the the one thing is, anybody. If they have a better offensive line, our offensive line, I mean, he can't stay up most of the time. So it's nope. hard to, to complete anything if you don't have a good offensive line. He says hike and he's on his back. I saw I watched that whole game and it was so frustrating because I've seen Ryan Tannehill do pretty well for the Titans. And yeah. it's uh I don't know, maybe they need to bring Mike Munchak back and Bruce Matthews and put him on. Oh the line. wow, that's old school there. <laughs> wow, that's going way back. Y'all are talking like so over my head because I don't know anything <laughs> about sports. The <laughs> only thing that I know about football and that I love is football food. True. That's it. 
That's all I got for you. I yeah, she makes me football food and it's it shows too. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a couple more gigs to work that off then, right? Exactly. Yeah. We got a couple, couple more up, David so. Lee Roth high kicks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the band is Three-Legged Circus. Go check them out. And uh, it, it's been a pleasure talking to you folks. And it's, uh, yeah, uh, good luck with with everything, with the podcast, with the gigs, with everything. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, we're recording this in October. It's going out in October. So it's a perfect time to talk to you guys about basically everything that you have going on. This is your season. This is your Christmas right now. Yes, yeah. it is. It's well, you know, it's hard three six three hundred sixty five days out of the year, but October's like on steroids for us. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks again, and good and good luck, uh, uh, and uh, best of luck be uh, going forward with you guys. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I I love the concept. I love what you guys have going on, and really capitalizing on the big spooky season that we have going on nowadays. Uh, oh, before I forget, I have to tell you something. Yes, sir. I drive a hearse. Oh, that's right. I forgot to, we forgot to talk about that. Yeah. What's, uh, uh yeah. Burying the lead. Cause we talked about that on the phone. Talk about the hearse thing. This is amazing. <laughs> Basically, uh, I have a friend here in Nashville that, uh, I used to play in a band with called toxic pistols. And so he decided he didn't want to play music anymore. And so I took toxic pistols and changed the name to three legged circus. And, uh, that's what we started doing. He basically, he'll take caskets and he'll wrap caskets. And so he has a company, it's called uh, Nashville Casket Company, and I'll deliver caskets for him. And so like, for example, uh, Dimebag Daryl, the kiss casket came from him. Vinnie wow. Paul, the kiss casket came from him. So anytime you get a kiss casket, it goes straight through, straight through. Yeah, they're not your normal caskets no, like at they're, all. They're, they're, they're like, they're, they're all like specially made for for someone they're really really they're actually really cool for caskets so, so what you're saying is people are dying to get them people are dying, dying to get it yeah. <laughs> and so one day he called me up and uh where he's located he works out of his house and he was like well uh the city's gotten in touch with me and told me that i've got too many vehicles at my house for a residence and i need to get rid of one would you be interested in buying the hearse uh, would I be interested? How much? And he's like, well, uh, 12, five, it was a 2006 with 46,000 miles on it. It's a, um, a Chevy. Uh, I'm sorry, not a Chevy. It's a, uh, Chrysler 300 and it is amazing. It's so fun whenever I'm out and about driving it. I mean, right now it's not so crazy because everybody it's halloween season but when they see me like at a gas station they'll come over and like look in the car the very first night i got the car i went to walmart we were shopping at walmart and and we're in the back and i'm opening up the back and i'm putting groceries in and you hear this guy like oh hell no 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 what no he's putting groceries back there when them bodies go oh hell no 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 and the next thing you know he like comes back behind where we are and he just kind of like jerks his head. He's like, no, y'all got to get out of here. Y'all scared shit out of me. Y'all got to go. <laughs> he was scared. He was scared, but it is so fun. I love my hearse. So do you, I mean, do you gig in that? Do you put all the equipment in there? Absolutely. Every gig I go to is in the hearse. Yeah. They're up there. Everybody's like, they, they love the hearse. The hearse do they all peek in? Like, does anyone try to mess with it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I let people in, get in the back, and I'll shut them in and <laughs> tell them for a hundred dollars I'll let them out. Or 
<laughs> we have a black we have a black coffin we have a black coffin we put the black coffin back there and a skeleton that we have people because people do the it's the craziest thing to me that like, he was leaving out the grocery store not like a couple weeks ago and he goes i'm walking out there and there's this like lady like looking at no windows i was like let's put something creepy back there and really scared i remember when we went to a uh, stony river that was hilarious yeah it's like a, a like a boozy restaurant in, in nashville and I got out of the car and I was like, do you think the bodies are going to be okay? Like while we eat dinner and like all these people in the parking lot are looking. So we love to just joke around and have fun with it. Um, I really wanted a boat. I didn't get a boat. I got a hearse instead. So yeah, there's a video for that too, because she asked me for a boat and I told her, yeah, we'll get a boat sometime. So one day I come home and uh, I'm like, guess what? Guess what? I got you something. I got your boat that you've been wanting so bad. She goes, no, no, you got me a boat? I'm like, I sure did. I'm like, cover your eyes. So she's covering her eyes, and I get her daughter to uh, to videotape it on uh, Facebook Live, and we get out there, and she walks out, and then I'm like, okay, open your eyes. And she's like, uh, that's not a boat. I was so confused. I was like... <laughs> Oh, it's a boat, all right. That's what I said. It's a boat, all right. It's huge. I'm scared to drive it. I won't even drive it because it's uh, it's huge. I drive a Cadillac Escalade, and I will not drive the hearse. It is huge. F- fifteen year old, fifteen year old Tony would say, "So what's it like to drive a hearse?" Thirty five year old Tony would say, "How is it on gas?" Gas <laughs> really isn't as bad yeah. as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, is I the Escalade promise- worse? I would say yes. Yeah, probably. Yes, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's one thing that really creeps me out about, like what I'm scared to drive is that you wouldn't think about this unless you're actually sitting in it. But oh, sure. you can't see. I don't even know how to explain it. You can't see. So it's got the window. Yeah, right behind you is the, where you're sitting is glass. So back there where you can see where the bodies go. And so right there is a glass. And so when you're driving down the road, whenever a car is coming, you know this direction it shows up right here in the mirror and so the back of the glass and it shows up in the mirror and it kind of makes it look like they're coming at you. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. really weird to drive. Yeah. You have to get I used to it. Explain it. He, he ended up getting a camera, um, a backup camera because you can't see to back it up. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't see and it's huge. So I'm going to drive it. I haven't driven it yet. So that I'll re- just that- stick to my Escalade and that's it. That reminded me of a story. My my dad was a uh, he was a cop back in the day, and he had a motorcycle. He got into an accident, and uh, it was years later, uh, he he always wanted to get a motorcycle again. And my mom surprised him and said, "We got you a bike." And he's like, and he's already thinking about how to deck it out and the leather and everything. And uh, is it Harley? Is it going to be? You know, I don't care if it's Yamaha or Honda or whatever. No, it was a mountain bike. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's funny. That's and, and just the look on my dad's face of, I don't want to upset my wife here, especially in front of the children, but I also need to show her, I, I this isn't exactly what I wanted. It's, I wanted video games and you got me socks and underwear for Christmas. That's kind of what it was like. <laughs> I actually sold a Harley to get the, yeah. the hearse. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep, I did. I had a heritage. It was a 2006 heritage soft tail, and I sold it for a 2006 uh, car at hearse. It's funny. No, oh, hearse is a hearse of curse, right? Exactly. It's a lot of fun. There I recommend go. one to anybody. 
Well, Three-Legged Circus, go check them out online. And uh, I'm going to play some of the music as well uh, here in the background. But uh, Tracy and Bridget, thank you so much for doing the podcast here. It's a real pleasure. And uh, one of these times when I'm in Nashville, I have to either meet up with you guys, have a drink, or uh, just see a gig. I'd love to see this show. Let me know when you're coming, and I'll let you know. And if you folks enjoyed this podcast, go uh, check me out on the Check Your Brain podcast wherever you are listening or even watching this podcast, whether it's YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, uh, Vimeo, anything like that, or on the major podcast platforms. My name is Tony Mazur. Thank you for checking out. And uh, I've got another free episode of the Check Your Brain podcast coming up next Wednesday. Bye, everybody.